Welcome to Deprogram, the Progressive Program, a primer to progressivism, history, strategy, rules, and application. To continue to deprogram, we'll begin Chapter 5. Progressive crimes go unpunished. We'll start with the obvious, Russian collusion. The ultimate projection that Soros and the progressive ruling class tried to pull off was the Russian collusion hoax. Deceivingly, Hillary, the DNC, DOJ, FBI, CIA, NSA, among others, paid the Russians to dig up dirt on Trump, planted the phony story to fix the 2016 election, then accused Trump of colluding with the Russians to fix the election. The progressives have forgotten Saul Alinsky's rule, a tactic that drags on too long becomes a drag. The progressive media coalition just keeps making up and spinning stories about Russian collusion even after thousands of emails produced from the accusers have proved and the creators of the dossier have admitted that they made it up to get Trump. The FBI and several liberal news organizations, Washington Post, NPR, and others, admitted they tried but couldn't verify the dossier. Those media outlets knowingly sat on this information for several months, but didn't make it public until Fox News pressured them on air. To advance the progressive ruling class agenda, the media makes up and then airs anti-Trump reports while withholding positive Trump reports. For example, when Donald Trump Jr. met with a Russian lawyer to gather dirt on Hillary, the media reported for days that he blocked a call to his father during that meeting. When proven untrue, there was no apology from the media. They just moved on to the next allegation. The networks dedicated 2,202 minutes to the Russian collusion hoax, but when the Senate collusion report came out exonerating the president, the networks dedicated zero minutes to those findings. The media also gave 849 minutes to the Ukraine impeachment story and only nine minutes to the glowing Trump economy. When the Mueller report came up empty, with no indictments, Nancy Pelosi had a conference call with her department heads, telling them that the investigation wasn't over. In fact, Adam Schiff, Eric Swalwell, Jerry Nadler, Chris Coons, and other representatives promised to broaden their investigations. MSNBC, CNN, and other networks are either still insinuating and or hoping there's evidence in the Mueller report to convict Trump or they're distorting the report outright. Now that the Russian collusion story is falling apart, Representative Schiff needs to fabricate another story to build his lies upon. Committing witness tampering, Schiff and his staff met with Michael Cohen for over 10 hours prior to the House impeachment hearing. They coached Cohen into testifying that Trump inflated his assets to insurance companies and about Trump's relationships with the National Enquirer. Even after Schiff's corruption scheme has been exposed, he still used this fabricated coach testimony as probable cause to investigate other areas of Trump's personal life. Schiff also had a secret meeting with Glenn Simpson in Aspen, Colorado, while Simpson was a witness for the House Intelligence Committee. His staff also coached the Ukraine leaker, a.k.a. whistleblower, whom Schiff later denied knowing. Only Republicans go to jail. Mueller's report concluded that there was no Trump-Russian collusion, but that's not stopping the progressives. Paul Speary of Real Clear Investigations reported that George Soros and Rob Reiner have given $10 million to key Democratic operatives and private investigators to keep the Russian collusion narrative alive. They're affiliated with a Washington-based nonprofit called the Democracy Integrity Project, TDIP. Its purpose is to pump out daily research briefings to prominent Washington journalists and congressional staffers. 
TDIP is led by Daniel J. Jones, a former FBI investigator, Clinton administration volunteer, and a top staffer to California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein. They employ Fusion GPS co-founder Glenn Simpson and ex-British intelligence officer Christopher Steele. According to the project's email distribution list, Recipients of the TDIP reports include staffers at the New York Times and Washington Post, investigative reporters at BuzzFeed and ProPublica in McClatchy, as well as news producers at CNN and MSNBC. Democratic aides on Capitol Hill also subscribe to the newsletter. With a progressive ruling class, it's never over. They march on repeating the lie, not for good, but for power. The facts about the phony Russian collusion story are now abundantly clear. The progressives tried to frame an incoming president with a false Russian conspiracy that they knew never existed. They tried to ruin Trump as a candidate and destroy him as president. They tried to exonerate Hillary and frame Trump for a false crime. Even after the truth has been exposed, the progressives and their media marionettes still run with a false Russian collusion narrative. According to the FISA court documents, the FBI committed crimes by using private contractors to illegally spy on U.S. citizens. They spied not for legitimate law enforcement or national security reasons, but rather to create false crimes against candidate, president-elect, and President Trump. One American News, in their special, The Assault on the Constitution, reported that the Obama administration spied on Trump during his campaign, his transition, and well into the first year of his presidency. In October 2016, FISA was presented with a search warrant application from the Justice Department and FBI that claimed Russian influence within the Trump campaign. The FISA court approved the warrant not knowing it had been misled. OAN presented an eight-count indictment of the government case. The court was not told that the Trump dossier, one, was political opposition research, two, was paid for by the Clinton campaign and DNC, three, was described by Comey as salacious and unverified, four, contained information that was never corroborated, and five, was partially written by Christopher Steele, a British spy who was desperate for Trump not to get elected. The court was also not told, six, that Steele was fired for revealing FBI ties with the media, nor, seven, the DOJ Bruce Orr's wife, Nellie, who worked for Fusion GPS, the firm commissioned to write the dossier, gave the dossier to her husband to funnel back to the FBI, nor eight, that the source of Michael Ishkoff's Yahoo article, which was presented to the court to corroborate the dossier, was the dossier itself. The FISA court not only approved the warrant, but approved three 90-day extensions not knowing the truth. FBI Director James Comey signed off on three, and FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe signed off on one of the FISA warrants. At the DOJ, they were signed by Sally Yates, Dana Buente, and Rod Rosenstein, each vouching for the truth and authenticity of the documents. The Grassley-Graham letter left no doubt that the FBI lied and deceived the courts about the dossier's authenticity and verification. Clinton longtime friends Sid Blumenthal and Cody Shearer also funneled Trump dirt to Christopher Steele through a State Department head, Jonathan Winner. The warrant was used to spy on Trump campaign volunteer Carter Page and anyone he communicated with. This information was to be used to smear Trump to assure Hillary won the election 
or as an insurance policy, hoping to turn up damaging information to force Trump from office if he won. If this happened in another country, they'd call it a coup d'etat. As Lenin, Stalin, and the progressives say to justify their murderous acts, the ends justify the means. FBI's counterintelligence operation began in June 2016 when James Comey targeted Trump with false evidence while ignoring real evidence against Hillary. On July 5, 2016, Comey went on television to exonerate Hillary of her illegal handling of classified emails. FBI documents now reveal he wrote that speech months before they interviewed Clinton or her collaborators, making his investigation as phony as his dossier. Bill Priestup, in charge of counterintelligence under Comey and McCabe, assigned Peter Strzok to lead the intelligence operation against Trump. This was the same Strzok who led the sham Clinton email investigation. Strzok exchanged anti-Trump and pro-Clinton texts with his mistress, DOJ attorney Lisa Page. Strzok's text called Trump an idiot, and Page described him as loathsome. Page's text suggested Strzok go easy on Clinton, to which Strzok agreed. The two exchanged thousands of texts detailing how they were going to undermine Trump, including the now infamous insurance policy, using the FISA warrants against Trump. Across the street from the FBI, the head of the DOJ, Loretta Lynch, ordered Comey to call the Clinton investigation a matter. The Clinton probe was further tainted when Lynch was caught meeting Bill Clinton at the Phoenix airport. We now know through Lisa Page and Peter Strzok's testimony that Loretta Lynch gave James Comey direct orders not to charge Hillary Clinton. John Carlin, an assistant attorney general in charge of the DOJ's National Security Division under Loretta Lynch and Sally Yates, had his fingerprints on all national security surveillance operations. IG Michael Horowitz wanted to audit Carlin's division, but Sally Yates wouldn't allow it. Later in the FISA court memo, we discover why. Carlin's division was spying on U.S. citizens. On September 26, 2016, Carlin confessed to the unauthorized surveillance and on the following day announced his resignation. On the FBI side, Comey, McCabe, Strzok, and Page have been fired or left their positions. On the DOJ side, Loretta Lynch, Sally Yates, John Carlin, and Bruce Orr are gone, and all are facing possible criminal charges. Bill Priestap is believed to be providing evidence against Comey and others. Spying on the Trump campaign began in early 2016, if not earlier, by private FBI contractors. The FISA court memo from Judge Collar revealed the illegal disclosure of raw intelligence of U.S. citizens to contractors and the illegal activity of contractors in the FBI. The FBI's private contractors were looking for dirt by accessing data collected by the NSA. Some of these contractors were working for the DNC and Fusion GPS and continued accessing information well after completing their work. It was also discovered that the FBI had been feeding Christopher Steele information. After Steele reported that Michael Cohen was in Prague, the media gleefully ran the story claiming that they now had Trump. Spoiler alert, it wasn't Cohen, and the only way Steele could have obtained that information was from the FBI reports. It is now known that Mueller, Comey, Wiseman, and Ray have worked together for over 20 years. They had a revolving door amongst themselves for years exchanging roles in New York as DAs and prosecutors, FBI directors, and deputy directors to special counsel. For example, Christopher Wray was Wiseman and Mueller's supervisor during the Enron and Arthur Anderson scandal in 2001. 
Mueller then became FBI director, while Comey was DOJ's deputy director. Comey later became FBI director, while Rosenstein was DOJ's deputy director, who hired Mueller as special counsel, who hired Wiseman to investigate Trump. Now Christopher Wray is director of the FBI, and he recently tried to seal critical information to protect Comey's misuse of FISA warrants. Anything to keep the ruling class in power. Mueller was the FBI director, and Hillary was at the State Department when her foundation solicited over $245 million from foreign governments. Mueller was there during the Uranium One deal, when the Clinton Foundation collected over $145 million from several of the Uranium One owners. In fact, according to Lou Dobbs, Mueller was the bagman that took the Uranium One sample to Russia before Russia made the purchase. Mueller was also the FBI director when Comey left his position as DOJ deputy director to become general counsel and senior vice president at Lockheed Martin. Once Comey arrived at their firm, Mueller gave Lockheed Martin several billions of dollars in FBI contracts. Comey earned $6 million in one year, the same year Lockheed Martin became a Clinton Foundation donor. Comey had a membership on the Clinton Foundation Corporate Partnership Board, and his brother Peter Comey's law firm does the Clinton Foundation's taxes. Documents recently uncovered show Rosenstein hired Mueller as special counsel the very same day Trump denied Mueller the position of FBI director. All 18 lawyers on Mueller's panel were Democratic campaign contributors. This included Wiseman, who attended Hillary's victory party, and Jenny Ray, the Clinton Foundation lawyer. There's speculation that Mueller was made special counsel to finish the cover-up of the Clinton Foundation, FBI, and DOJ deals. Gifts Hillary received while at the State Department were only a warm-up for what was planned if she became president. According to Dr. John C. Eastman, one of our country's leading constitutional authorities, the entire special prosecutor's appointment was illegal for two reasons. There was no underlying crime, and it was based on an intelligence gathering operation or counterintelligence operation. Our legal system is based on the presumption of innocence, innocence until proven guilty. Mueller's report presumes guilt unless Trump can prove otherwise. Mueller can't exonerate, he can only indict or not indict based on the evidence. According to Eastman, Mueller's whole report is garbage, based on over 125 regurgitated accusations made by the media. Many of those articles were based on purposeful, debunked rumors, leaked and circulated by the FBI. Rumored accusations impossible to defend against. Regarding obstruction, Mueller and his deputy director, Andrew Wiseman, knew they had no obstruction of justice case because they lost a similar case, Arthur Anderson v. the U.S., in the Supreme Court 9-0 in 2005. Mueller and Wiseman have been using dummied FISA warrants, prosecuting, persecuting, destroying people and companies like Arthur Anderson for years. Many of their cases have been overturned because of their deceptive FISA warrant practices. They've been reprimanded by the courts several times and many people have died in prison before their cases were overturned. It would be poetic justice to witness them getting a taste of their own self-righteous vigilante justice. Like the Mueller investigation, the tyrannical progressives are still trying to undo the election by issuing general warrants, not for crime, but to investigate individuals for crime, such as taxes, business transaction, loans, and others. One of the reasons the founders wrote the Declaration of Independence 
was because the King of England, George III, was issuing general warrants to shake down the colonists. That's why the Constitution has a Fourth Amendment, the right of the people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures. Except in an Obama court, it's against the law for the Progressive Congress and their minions to abuse their authority by targeting and harassing someone and anyone associated with them until they can concoct a crime to ruin them. The Congress is supposed to oversee organizations like the IRS to make sure they're not abusing their authority, such as denying the Tea Party 501c3 status. They're not to abuse their oversight authority by using these organizations to abuse others. For example, extracting IRS tax returns to shake down citizens that are political opponents. Congress isn't set up to be a criminal investigation committee. Unpunished Progressive Crimes Terrorist acts committed by the left go unpunished while conservatives are accused of hate crimes. In February 2017, when Trump supporters were being attacked and beaten in Berkeley, the UCPD were ordered to stand down, after which the media hid the truth and lied about what they allowed us to hear. In April 2017, Eric Clinton, now a former California college philosophy professor, was arrested for seriously beating unsuspecting protesters over the head with a bike lock at a Berkeley free speech rally because they disagreed with his progressive ideology. He was released after four days, and although initially charged with four counts of felony assault with a deadly weapon causing great bodily injury, he eventually pled no contest to one misdemeanor battery charge. The felony charges against him were dismissed, and he took a deal resulting in three years of probation. In 2017, 2018, and 2019, historical statues in North Carolina have been toppled and or defaced because they are considered racist by the left-wing mobs causing the vandalism, yet no one has been punished. In February 2019, a pro-Trump activist recruiting people at UC Berkeley for Turning Point USA was punched in the face several times, had his table overturned, and materials destroyed. It's been nearly a year, and the case is still in its pretrial phase. Ralph Northam, Democrat Virginia Governor, Mark Herring, Democrat Virginia State's Attorney, Justin Fairfax, Democrat Virginia Lieutenant Governor, and Keith Ellison, DNC Second-in-Command, and now Minnesota's Democratic Attorney General, are all embroiled in rape, sexual violence, and or race discrimination scandals. They haven't been charged or forced from office. They're living their lives as if nothing ever happened. If those were Republicans, Black Lives Matters, Antifa, and every media outlet would be in the streets demanding justice. We're still waiting for all the people who orchestrated the coup in the DOJ, FBI, CIA, State Department, NSA, Deep State, among others, to be brought up on charges. For example, Obama, Clinton, Mueller, Wiseman, Lynch, Comey, McCabe, Clapper, Brennan, Rice, Rhodes, Simpson, Orr, as well as others. We're still waiting for Hillary Clinton, Huma Abedin, and Cheryl Mills to be charged for false testimony and mishandling top-secret information. We're still waiting for everyone involved in the Clinton Foundation pay-to-play scam, Uranium One, Puerto Rico, among others, to be brought to justice for the millions they scam from American taxpayers and foreign governments and their quid pro quo operation. We're still waiting for everyone who spied on and unmasked Americans to be brought to justice. For example, Susan Rice, Ben Rhodes, Samantha Powers, and others. 
In his book, Obstruction of Justice, Luke Rosick slams Democrats Nancy Pelosi and Debbie Weiserman Schultz for the cover-up of their Pakistanian IT man, Imran Awan, and his computer theft of Democrats' personal information and money. There wasn't even an investigation. McCullough's FBI investigation for campaign violations just disappeared.